let's talk about digital identity, the podcast connecting identity and business. I am your host, Oscar Santolaya. Hello and thanks for joining. Today we will hear about a very novel authentication method, multi-factor authentication method based on biometric that you might have not heard before. My guest today is Andy Milton from Hitachi. Andy Milton is head of channels and marketing for Hitachi Security Business Group. He has more than 20 years of experience in cybersecurity across many companies. Hello, Andy. Hello, Oscar. How are you? Very good and very happy to talk with you today about what Hitachi is doing in this very interesting new authentication method. So I would like to hear first from you how your career, how life led you to this world of digital identity. Okay. So just over 20 years ago now, I made a decision to move from engineering IT into security as it looked like being uh, interesting and in a hot market space. And that has proved to be very successful and a very good choice. So after working for several different vendors and partners and resellers, I now found myself with the opportunity to join Hitachi with the addition of their new Vane ID product 5, which is very exciting for us all. I joined just over a year ago. Okay, fabulous. So you joined for cybersecurity already many years ago and you have been in this industry since then. And very recently, as you said, you are in Hitachi with this very interesting product and technology that we are going to hear today. So that's the next thing I would like to hear, actually. What is Hitachi hand gesture technology? Okay. Hitachi has been using technology to read the vein pattern within the center section of someone's finger for just over 20 years. Originally, it was developed to be used in cash points in Japan rather than having to type in a PIN number or if you were going to perform a higher value transaction, they would want to really make sure that the person standing there wasn't just a person with a card and a pin. It was actually the person that was the owner of the account. So they started developing this technology to be used in cash points. We've deployed it in Japan, Poland, Turkey, uh, many other European countries. The technology then evolved and we were able to put it into more uh, desktop type devices, which enabled us to do corporate payments with people like Barclays and another large bank, Sokgen and others. And what that's then created is more of an interest in this type of technology. The accuracy of it, uh, the speed at which it can read someone's finger vein and the level we were able to manage. So we then moved to doing some projects around things like pay by finger. Currently have an ongoing project with Copenhagen Business School where all the students can use their finger by inserting it into one of our readers to make a payment, which is very innovative and, and, and has been very well accepted. And we're seeing several more of those start across Europe. Now, One of our customers came to us. He, he moved from one of our existing customers to a new one. And he approached us and said, I, you know, I cannot give somebody a, a device to carry around. Mm -hmm. So if you can find a way of enabling the accuracy and the speed of what you do with using a standard webcam on a, a normal laptop or a mobile device, that then I would be 
really extremely interested. And that process started about two years ago in mm-hmm. Japan, uh, and we are now at the point where we're launching the product. So all you need to do to authenticate yourself is simply raise your hand in a high five like gesture mm-hmm. to your laptop camera, and it will log you into the system. So replacing your Windows password uh, and removing the need for a password there. But also as we continue to our next iteration of this, and this is where we're working with UbiSecure, is enabling someone to access a website or, or a third-party service simply by raising their hand to the camera. And what this provides as a differentiator, I think, is the ability to uniquely identify someone with something that is part of them and can't be borrowed or lent or given to somebody else. Mm -hmm. So this evolution of around 20 years, there was already some some first product with this uh, hand recognition. And now this is a newer product based on, as you say, some customer requirements, making things simpler, getting rid of the special reader. Yep, yep. And reducing cost. Mm-hmm. You know, the physical readers were quite an expensive device. You certainly wouldn't use them as something that was disposable, but now we can use the standard camera technology within a laptop or a mobile. This is something that everybody already has. So it's simply a software license. So it becomes much more flexible and much easier to use. Our real strength in our product is the user experience. Mm-hmm. It's really much more pleasant than typing passwords, trying to remember passwords, especially if you're accessing a, a service or a website that you've not used for a couple of months. Maybe when you come back to it, it becomes very difficult to remember for most people what password they've used. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Could you explain us a bit more how it works, this hand gesture recognition? I mean, what is what is the pattern that is is taking, how, and, and why is this better than other, other biometric methods? Okay. The vein pattern within your finger as a human is totally unique or unique than several of the other biometrics that that people have used. But always with biometrics, there's a process that that we're going to take that capture is going to go through. So Hitachi, with our banking background, have developed a very secure method of capturing, processing and storing that so that what we capture on the way out is a mathematical representation of the vein structure within your finger. Now we can detect that with a standard camera with with the normal light that's around. We then take that capture because we can see the blood in someone's finger that that gives us proof of life, which is always a challenge with some of the biometric solutions. We've probably all seen the films of uh, Mission Impossible or some of the others Mm -hmm. with people taking fingerprints that have been left behind or wearing masks to full facial identity Mm, or even more horrible when they remove someone's eye to do uh, retina or iris scanning. It's never particularly great. You know, it's quite a horrible thing to see, but that for us is one of our benefits. What we're capturing on someone is actually hidden within their body. We're Mm. able to see that with the camera. We're able to take out that image and process it, convert that into a mathematical template, store that somewhere safe. And what we take out to store as our template is not 
what is replayed when someone tries to authenticate. So, so the two templates are different. So that helps us ensure that we're not seeing a replay of someone's enrollment template back to us uh, as an attempt to spoof our system. So you asked one of the part of the question, why are we better than other biometrics? Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be an interesting time in the biometric world. Uh, I think we'll start to see that one biometric is not necessarily the best at everything. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see lots of different applications of different technology right. and at different times. Uh, and what we will potentially start to see is also some of them start to become blended together as well. So maybe using uh, you know, facial with voice or or other things, because I think this is all about proving someone's identity. So making sure that the person that that you're capturing that information from is really that person who's there, it becomes more important. And how we're going to do that, it becomes the key to our success. Now, our particular solution that we're doing now for laptops and mobile for password replacement is extremely secure and extremely fast. Uh, As I said before, really easy year experience. Uh, For the user, they're simply just raising their hand to the camera, positioning it in our template, and it's uh, authenticating them in less than a couple of seconds. So for a user, that's so, so much easier than typing in complex passwords that they probably potentially forget. But also when we look at from a business point of view, on the receiving end of that template or, or managing that customer interaction, what the companies are, are seeing is if they can look after a customer and keep them within their digital channels, so website, mobile phone apps, these types of things, then the cost to the company is very small on, on looking after that customer and giving them a good experience. But once that customer moves to other channels like phone or web mm-hmm. help or, or other things, the cost of looking after that customer increases quite substantially. So finding a way that they don't have to constantly be resetting and managing people's passwords and also dealing with the frustration of customers in having to manage and look after and maintain their passwords is also a huge benefit as well. But because customer frustration with a password, even though it's the, the customer's responsibility to look after and maintain and, and remember, that the frustration is always directed at the website they're trying to authenticate to and ultimately the service they're trying to make access of. Yeah, it's pretty impressive the way that uh, this you don't need uh, any special device, just a webcam or the camera from the mobile phone can recognize this pattern. It's, it's definitely pretty impressive and, and looking forward to see this in, in, in more and more applications. Well, in, now that I talk about applications, could you tell us, you mentioned already one example in Denmark, but do you have other examples where... Uh, this has been used today or what it's what is coming next yeah so the applications for us are going to be very similar to the ones we've done with our physical readers time and attendance management for employees we've seen quite a lot of interest in doing working hours management in spain they've introduced a law where they uh, specifically specify that an employee needs to track and the company needs to track the hours the employees worked so we're seeing quite a lot of interest in places like that. Access to uh, hospitality venues. We've got projects going with uh, Wembley Stadium, Lord's Cricket Ground, Ascot Racecourse, Henley on Thames for the rowing. So some 
very prestigious venues in the UK already working with us. But I think specifically for this Vein ID 5 product, I, I think we're going to see more applications around online services and around payments and banking and accessing uh, certain services for users. So we're working with mobile telco operator that has recognized they have a big problem with people forgetting and not remembering their passwords as most of the time they access their services on their mobile device Mm -hmm. and if they then have to move to the website to do something more complicated invariably they don't remember their password we also have seen in insurance and uh, financial services where companies have multiple different portals for different solutions and products that they've either bought or developed over time. Combining that with a solution like UbiSecures Oscar enables us to do a single sign-on process for them simply by raising their hand and then they get mm-hmm. access to all the services. Exactly. Well, there are, there are definitely, as you say, there are many possibilities where to apply this technology. It's mostly a second factor authentication, right? There will be always or most of the time one let's say, user and password or some method and the hand gesture will be the, the second. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we would envisage that someone would enter a username and that then enables them to pull the, the template for that person to the machine and then they're authenticating against that, against that template. That is how we see this working most efficiently and effectively for both the customer and for the supplier. Yes, and I'm sure someone listening to this might start thinking of the of the privacy about uh, getting this uh, the pattern where is it stored, etc. So, what would you say about privacy? This pattern that you are the there is an enrollment as a first process when you enroll your hand. I think you have to yep. do both, yeah, both hands. You enroll the both hands. Where are these patterns stored, and how are they are processed after that? Yeah, so we often get the common misconception that that we're capturing a picture of someone's hand Mm -hmm. and that might be able to, we've captured a picture of their hand, then people can steal that and use it in other places. But that's absolutely not the case. No point in our capture process do we capture an image of the hand. What we're doing is the data from the camera we analyse in real time, create a mathematical representation or a template, however you want to describe that, uh, mm-hmm. of what we've done uh, that, that looks like someone's vein pattern. And then that we then encrypt uh, and is stored in an encrypted database as well. So, and w- what we capture is not what we then replay back to the, the device. So we, we actually run a sophisticated process when we mix the template with some other information that means that the template going out is not the same as the template coming back. So the solution is very, very secure. And it's been built this way uh, because of the projects we've had working in the banking industry. We've approached this market from, as I said, 20 years experience in working with banking. Banks don't use insecure solutions. Yes, the fact that you you just explained that this pattern or templates, how how do you call it, when you uh, enroll, when you capture for the first time the vein pattern, it's never the photo, so it's just a set of data points, a mathematical pattern of that. And th- well, that's already a security uh, measure for not being able to copy that and, and use later. And 
Then where is this uh, pattern stored? Is it locally on the mobile phone laptop or is on your servers? Uh, where is that stored? There's a couple of different solutions depending on how we do this. We're either storing it in a cloud-based server or we can store it locally on the machine. So the, the user is in control of where their template is. Typically with most of the, the, the services we're talking with you, we're, we're going to be storing them in the cloud mm -hmm. uh, and they're delivered at the time that the user authenticates because we envisage that we may see occasions where somebody has lost their mobile phone and needs mm -hmm. to go on a laptop that they've never used before. So we need to be able to deliver the template to that device at the time they're trying to get access. So there's a possibility of, of both, a store locally or store in, in, the, in the service, in the cloud. Uh -huh. And that leads to my, an, another question that comes from there is that Hitachi provides this as a service or as the customer, let's say the bank, the bank will install your, your Angesure system in their server. So it's, which one or, or both? It actually could be both. The customer would need to install a, a small application on their laptop or on their phone, mm -hmm. but that would actually only be triggered by an external service making the call to start the process. So, example, you, you were trying to access your bank website, the bank website, type in your username, it says, yep, so this is Andy, okay, here's Andy's template, send it to the machine, and the machine then loads that for you to match against within our application. Okay, yeah, so both are possible. So also that makes very flexible solution, of course, for any organization that is considering doing this. Yep, yep. so the, you know, the bank or the, the finance company or the uh, service provider also has control of the identities that are on their system. So helping them reduce that risk. A couple of the things we've seen that... Uh, start to help with this is a, a substantial reduction in the risk of someone being subjected to a phishing attack. Because if you're no longer entering a username and a password, these emails that you get asking you to click on here and enter your username and your password still is accounting for a huge amount of the mm -hmm. issues we see. So uh, removing the password typing in piece and it's literally raise your hand, that removes that problem. And that saves that issue for the user, as well as the other problem we we see this really addressing is password stuffing, where it might not be the website that you've got this password on, but that you've used the same password on another website. You see um, a hacker find that password and that username, and then they try that username and password on lots of different associated websites. We're seeing this take place a lot, and the removal of passwords will really slow that process down and remove it and provide a much greater level of security for both the end user and the supplier. And obviously, the suppliers to, to the customers, more and more, they're going to, you know, under things like GDPR, they have mm -hmm. to prove that they're doing everything they can to protect the users. You said that the technology was uh, using time ago when it was created, that this uh, hand gesture technology was using physical readers and it moved to this uh, method without readers, just using a webcam. So that's this new portfolio of products that we are talking about is only about using the webcam, correct? Yeah, it's only about using the webcam or, or the webcam 
solution is pretty well finished and ready and commercially available. The, the mobile phone version comes within the next few months as well. So we'll, we'll see more and more applications of this. And how compatible, let's say, with all devices, all computers, all laptops, or even all mobile phones? Yeah, okay. That's a lot of questions in one go. <laughs> a laptop, we're looking at a Windows-based device, Windows 10 and newer. We expect to see at least a 720p camera, which mm -hmm. is most reasonable business spec laptops of the last sort of two or three years, and then a few other sort of bits and pieces after that. But predominantly, we expect this to be available on most standard laptops for people to use. We don't need a extremely high-resolution camera, and we certainly don't need an infrared camera or anything else. We're able to read the vein pattern just with the ambient light that reflects through people's skin. Your skin is actually much more transparent than you realize, mm -hmm. and we're able to capture enough information from that. The mobile devices, they're still in testing. At the moment, we're expecting it to be Android from the last but one version. So I can't remember the, the names of all, all the Android ones mm -hmm. off the top of my head. But we were talking sort of Samsung Galaxy S8. We've done testing on an S9 and then obviously the newer ones. When we look at Apple phones, we were iPhone X and onwards. Uh, There is some parameters we're working on with some of the devices, but actually the great thing about all the modern cameras is they have a flash on the back, so they actually enable us to create a very stable lighting environment. The cameras on mobiles are actually higher quality than they are on your laptop. Yeah, that, that's true. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, actually um, means that it's, it's going to to fit most of the laptops and, and webcams that exist today. Of course, yep. always if someone wants to use any system in a, let's say, unsupported version of Windows, that's already making their system unsecure, no matter what is the authentication method they plan to use. So it makes sense that it's, it's compatible with Windows 10, which is available already for many years. Yeah. So how do you foresee more in the future this technology that it's now being deployed in these last two years and in this year as there are many projects coming, how do you see a bit more in the future how this technology will be used? I have to be careful, I'll get told off if I talk too much about futures. <laughs> But we'll see it used across a lot more different platforms. So uh, at the moment we talk about uh, laptops and mobiles. But actually, as we start to move forward, we think about televisions uh, and can a television have a webcam on it these days? Absolutely. Mm. You know, could that track enable you to authenticate to your TV service? This is all potential. Uh, and then we talk about boxes that are attached to TVs, gaming consoles, just about anything that would have a camera attached to it that there is potential. We've had someone approach us about asking whether we would be interested in doing something for access control on domestic property. We've had somebody else approach us asking if we're interested in looking at automotive uh, applications of the technology. And all the things that we're doing, we, we will look at. There's going to be lots of other different applications of our technology that we're going to see over the next few years, I think. Yeah, right. I uh, haven't told that, but yeah, TVs and, and, and game consoles already are there. <laughs> some of the next candidates, of course, for this, as they already have some cameras on it. And 
good enough camera, more than good enough cameras for, for this technology, for sure. Yeah, and it's interesting, your car today has cameras on it, and actually it's about you know how we could potentially use those to do things to remove the need for keys and other stuff. Andy, could you now give us a tip for, for anybody how we can protect our digital identities? As not everybody will have uh, Bain ID 5 today, uh, and, and it's not rolled out to everywhere mm -hmm. yet, the tip I always used to use was trying to build something that's not a dictionary word to use as a password. So we typically used a specific phrase. So it would be something like England won the World Cup in 1966. Mm -hmm. And then we would take the first letters of all of those, and that would be what would make the foundation of the password. And then... To add some uniqueness, I would always then add a couple of letters from the website, from the first few letters of the website into the string at some point so that it creates something that's truly unique and can't be, as I said, one of the issues with passwords is not only, you know, keep making them very complex is hard, but, but also making them not be able to be reused across lots of different websites. So... Yeah, think of a particular phrase that means something specific to you and then insert some letters out of the name of the website that you're accessing into that string and that then lets you create a unique password each time. Yeah, sounds like that. It's a, it's a good method because even though thanks, like, thanks to technologies like Hitachi Hand Gesture, we still will need uh, a few passwords for <laughs> the, yeah, yeah. the next years. I think we don't get rid of them completely in the short term at least. So yeah, that's a good method. Thanks for sharing that. And if you have something else to tell us about the Hitachi hand gesture technology we haven't covered. Uh, I think this, uh, we've pretty well covered everything that someone would need to know. We're currently, as I said, working with you guys to integrate into your platform and several other applications. So I, I guess if people are keen and interested to learn more, they can contact us through the Hidachi Digital Security. So it's www.digitalsecurity.hitachi.eu through that website if they'd like to find out more information or contact me directly and we'll happily find a way to talk about what we're doing and how we might be able to help them and work with them. Yeah, excellent. Thanks a lot for this very interesting conversation, learning more about this unique technology that I really hope to see in the next months, be able to, to try myself in some, some application. Hopefully services will start enabling that. Good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, Oscar. I'm excited about the partnership with you guys because I think it sort of makes the application of the technology much more effective than we've been doing just on Windows passwords. Yes, yes, we are, absolutely. And yeah, all the best uh, on this endeavor for you, Andy, and Hitachi, and let's be in touch. So have a nice day. Excellent. Thank you very much. Thanks, Oscar. Thanks for listening to this episode of Let's Talk About Digital Identity, produced by UbiSecure. Stay up to date with episode at ubisecure.com slash podcast or join us on Twitter at ubisecure and use the hashtag LTADI. Until next time.